I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite Lorecast on the Citadel. Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast universe of lore behind the Mass Effect games. We'll talk about all the details you may have missed, ask the hard questions, and more. Specters, welcome back to the Mass Effect Lorecast. This is episode 49. This is your host, Tom, or Robots, and I'm back with N7, the legend. Welcome back, N7. How's it going? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm also doing well. We have that in common. <laughs> I'm glad. That's... I'm glad we're, we're both having a, a, a night when we're doing well. I'm, I've got some time off work this week. Oh, so no. I'm looking forward to that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Congratulations. Hey, man, we were just talking in the last episode about these uh, about Outcast, the uh, the awesome uh, musical act. Yes. Yeah. Of um, course. Oh, no. I'm also about these uh, exile groups that were spawning from all this, you know, the hullabaloo going on with everyone getting pissed off at each other in Andromeda because they showed up and things were being mismanaged and everybody got all mad and stuff. I have a feeling we're going to talk more about some of that stuff. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, that and uh, Andre 3000. No, sweet. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we you know, we were talking about the rebellions. We, we basically uh, as a little rundown in case you missed the last episode, uh, the Milky Way colonists became exiles in Andromeda because of this series of events following the Andromeda initiatives first arrival in the Helios cluster. There was a confluence of events, you know, a lack of resources, a dark energy storm called the Scourge, and uh, a very not transparent decision-making process in leadership, uh, which did not do a good job of uh, factoring in everyone's needs above leaderships. And of course, the general stress of survival. Those all came to a fever pitch and it pushed a portion of the Milky Way colonists to rebel against uh, initiative command. So uh, corpo, corpos are going to corpo and bad stuff's going to happen. And then they're going to be like, oh, I guess we did a bad job, but let's not tell anybody. And then everyone's going to get pissed off at them. Oh, yeah. That's not even factoring in like how underqualified leadership was mm-hmm. after most of the leadership got killed in the scourge uh, collision. So that's not even factoring that in. Um, but, you know, we talked about that last episode. And so I, I wanted to talk about that last episode. And I wanted to talk about what we're talking about this episode when we did, because it's kind of foundational knowledge to understand why the two major factions of the exiles are at war with each other. Uh, and so the exiles as an entire group, a loose group, they leave the Nexus and some settle on Kadara, some settle other places. Exiles are scattered throughout the Helios cluster. But while the while they are scattered throughout the Helios cluster, we're going to focus on the ones on Kadara today. Among those who settled on Kadara, two groups really seem to rise in prominence and they don't really like each other. Imagine Actually, that. That's that's an understatement. That's that's a very large understatement. Mm-hmm. They hate each other, mm-hmm. uh, and those groups are the outcasts and the collective. Mm-hmm. So, uh, outcasts and collective soul. I wasn't really a big fan of collective soul. I thought they were pretty lame back in the nineties. Outcasts, though, this- man, they they got some good jams. 
Does this count as our new band for the Milky Way uh, tour that we've got going on? I mean, they're already a band. I think that they just survived into this point in the future. I think I think somebody uh, kind of like Futurama took like Andre 3000's head and the other guy. What's the other guy? Big boy. Um, and just kind of froze their heads and then like reanimated them in the future. And then now they're just still making music. I'll tell you one thing that would not have made Andromeda worse. <laughs> it wouldn't. <laughs> no, no. But Collective Soul, haven't let your light shine down. No, 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 thank you. No, not at all. So I'm from this moment on, I'm pro outcast, not pro collective. I hope they bold, win and I hope they're not terrible. Move. I'm this guessing I'm wrong. Move. I'm guessing I'm going to be wrong here, but that's where I'm going. So let's talk about let's talk about the outcasts. That, that is a bold move. And I, I'd hope that by the end of this episode, uh, you will reevaluate your position on that. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's just uh, the music is just so much better. I, I would agree there. Uh, but if the musical group outcasts are anything like the Andromeda's outcasts, then I'm not going to buy another record of theirs. In fact, I've never <laughs> bought a record. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering why you said record. <laughs> okay, Boomer. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, so it's time to talk about the outcasts. I, I put the record on my 8-track recorder so I could listen to it in my Volkswagen <laughs> oh no did you hear that little ditty let's replay that one again <laughs> um no seriously the outcasts uh it's a group of criminals and dissidents who are selected hand-picked and led by the <laughs> I'm sorry rob <laughs> rob the princess and chats wrote i'm sorry miss shepherd <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am for real. <laughs> it doesn't count as DMCA if we sing it. Oh my god. No, it doesn't. <laughs> um <laughs> All right, sorry. That's fair use. Back on back uh, on track. <clears throat> yeah, the outcasts are are a group of criminals and uh political dissidents who were selected, handpicked, and led by former security chief Sloan Kelly. Which is interesting because they are not just exiles who were exiled for political reasons but they're also it includes criminals mm -hmm. like actual people who had prior criminal behavior before that well the best music and comes from like the real tough places sometimes i'd hope not from these people uh <laughs> because they aren't very good but it, this this whole thing is interesting because sloan kelly the former head of security is handpicking these people and you know, maybe she she wouldn't have been a very good head of security <laughs> if she had stayed on the Nexus anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If this is who she's picking to be surrounded by in her faction. Um, and, you know, after they leave the Nexus, the outcasts run out of resources. They start going hungry and they decide to pick off Ket convoys and then they'll take the Ket so I had, I had some confusion when I heard that they were picking off Ket convoys because I'm like, what the hell could they use Ket goods for? They can't even eat that food, right? I mean, probably. I don't know. Yeah, unless it's, unless it's like a tech that's useful for them for some reason. <clears throat> Maybe guns, because we know from the player uh, character that, the, that humans can use Ket guns, but it's not 
I don't know. The point is that they, they take this stuff and then they end up trading it. So they trade it with the Angara villages and which probably helps to make a good name for humanity and the Milky Way species there. But I still have some questions because like it's still cat stuff. So is it usable? Yeah, that's that's weird. I wonder if the biological part of the cat need certain things. Yeah, I'd wonder as well, um, considering that most of the cat that we run into in Andromeda are actually of Angaran descent. My guess is that the Angara can still use a lot of their stuff. Mm -hmm. um, the Angara and the villages are probably just happy the cat are dead. Uh, so they're probably just like, yeah, give us the junk. Fuck it. We don't care. Yeah. Um, yeah. But and speaking of dead cat, the uh, outcasts kick out occupying cat from Kadara's port and they quickly supplant them as the gang in charge. And I still refer to them as a gang for a reason. You know, um, they're more, they're distinguished from the other exile groups because they're much more militant, the outcasts are, and they're much more hostile than their rival, the collective. They're not afraid to even strike against the initiatives, security forces, and raid their convoys. Well, they're very militant. Yeah, well, I would agree that um, they've got much more. I don't know. They've got some really killer beats. There's, I mean, they're more aggressive in tone. Uh, <laughs> Collective Soul is kind of it's kind of lame sounding. Yeah, Outcast yeah. has the flow, so why not use it? Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I mean, just um, the beats in general, just like they just like lay it down. You know. <laughs> They just hit. They just hit so much harder. Whoa! Yeah, Heaven, let your light shine. No, that's just that's not punching anybody in the face. Yeah, maybe they should have gone up against like I don't know Creed. I mean, that's a <laughs> little better. I mean, eh, Creed. I mean, eh. yeah. I mean, if you're talking like like alterna rock groups, yeah. I mean, the Foo Fighters would have been better. Foo Fighters in Andromeda, fighting with Foo. I, yeah, I mean, Foo Fighters, a Foo Fighter is, the, the phrase Foo Fighter meant like an unidentified aircraft. Do yeah. you know Do you know about this? Like, I did not know about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. So like in World War II, if you were a pilot and you saw an aircraft that you couldn't identify and you, you might call it a Foo Fighter, like if it showed up on your radar and it wasn't actually there. It, you, that was the phrase. It was it was a Foo Fighter, as if almost like it was an alien or something. Like it it showed up, but it, but it wasn't in the sky. What was it? Is this it was a Foo Fighter because you looked at it and you're like, who's this fool? Yeah, sure, yes. I'm just gonna agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, man, sure, yeah. Foo Fighters hit way harder than Collective Soul. Definitely, definitely. Anyway, definitely. back back to the back to the lore. Right, right. Because they're not afraid, because Outcast is not afraid to strike against the initiatives, uh, convoys and whatnot, they are definitely more of a threat. And they act somewhat as somewhat of a space pirate faction. Definitely not the first space pirate faction we've covered on this lore cast. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. um, but the first in but, Andromeda from these groups. Yes, yes. It does seem like the first and most prominent space pirate faction in Andromeda, perhaps the only pirate faction, uh, but with Sloane Kelly as more, Sloane Kelly is a more capable Jack Sparrow 
and mm-hmm. a less renowned douchier blackbeard <laughs> okay in terms of and and i put a special thought into trying to relate to people who have not played andromeda what sloan kelly is like in terms of her pirate likeness in mass effect andromeda kelly is kind of a mashup of the totally lackadaisical killer demeanor the quote i could kill you but i've got better shit to do like lounge in my chair with my legs like in like i swear to god every time you see sloan kelly like she's in a different sitting position like uh, this is a live show and, and yeah and people listening can't see this but like my leg is like propped up on my chair right and like then like you'll see her the next time and it'll be the other leg propped up on a different fucking chair right <laughs> yeah like, what the hell yeah um yeah it's like i'm the leader but like you know i'm a pirate leader right like someone get the controller and turn up the volume on the tv why can't you get it because i'm already sitting down with my leg propped up (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah yeah exactly that i could kill you but i've got better shit to do like Um, sit here because i'm already comfortable so a a combo of that it's a combo of that and zaid masani and we all know Zaid, the lovable, very gruff English accent fellow who uh, <laughs> killed Vito Santiago mm-hmm. to exact revenge on the Blue Suns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're not going to do the accents here. If you want, just go back and listen to that episode. We'll get yeah. too distracted. We have an episode to do. I'm sorry. It's too many. This accents. episode, this episode will not get sidelined anymore. <laughs> about sloan by the way she was a former alliance personnel so she was former military but and she served in the skillion blitz so not exactly you know a paper pusher sounds like she saw some actual action but she was discharged for punching a superior officer because of quote bureaucratic bullshit that's not very military like that's not okay (laughs) Indeed. You don't do that. Uh, no, that's that's very um, renegade, you could say. Yeah. Yeah, no. You don't do yeah. that and expect to stay in the military. Yeah. No, no, not at all. Um, <laughs> and it's just funny because this is who Jan Garson chose to hire as her head of security. I mean, what? No, no good. Brilliant. That was the best. Absolute. That's the best person that they got. Like, they went through all the applications and was like, yep, this is the one. How scarce were the applications? And honestly, I don't think that this was actually even an applied for position. It's like (laughs) this was handpicked. Mm-hmm. This was something that Jan Garson had to handpick. And I wonder maybe, maybe how much of a call did the benefactor, the mysterious benefactor have? Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fund you extra money for this. If what was that sound? That, was that a, is that, that was, was actually. So there's a lot of street racers in Portland. Fuck them, by the way. Wow. Um, <laughs> and they're incredibly annoying. And when they go through downtown, the uh, sound echoes off the buildings. That's which amazing. Is very nice. That was really cool. Um, but anyway, I was going to say, like, yeah, it sounds like one of those like I will up the budget by 10 percent if you put this person on your payroll. Yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a uh, political this for that quid pro quo. Uh, and if you don't know what that is, it's a it's relevant. You get this for doing a thing for me. 
it's as simple as that it's what it is <laughs> yeah yeah exactly you do this i do that um and uh, so sloan kelly rules kadara port with an iron fist for sure like and and kelly seems to be a complete egomaniac um she originally was distanced from the initiative leadership because of the order to deploy the Krogan to quell those rebellions. And we talked a little bit about uh, about that last episode. Um, so if you haven't listened to that one, definitely go listen to it if you're curious about that, uh, that, that context. But the point is that the rebels lose. Tan gives her the ultimatum, leave or go back into cryo. She chooses to leave and she leads a group with her and then she handpicks more people to fill out the ranks of this outcast faction and so this is probably part of why the outcasts have no problem raiding initiative convoys they already don't think that these that the initiative is legitimate and they are just doing it in the name of survival because they were given the ultimatum to leave or go back into cryo so they probably didn't want to leave in the first place but yeah um, kind of a rock and a hard place, but I'm not exactly, I don't feel sympathetic. I don't, I don't feel sympathetic to Sloan Kelly because when she presides over the rule on Kadara, she makes more enemies and justifiably so because predictably when you have a gang ruling a port on a town with no real law enforcement and no real political infrastructure, the gang starts reaping most of the resources that are going through the port for themselves. And then, you know, everything else, everyone else has just left the table scraps. So totally, totally screws the economy that way. And then I, I wanted to read this other part from the wiki because it does a pretty good job of explaining why people might not like the outcasts on Kadara. So it says, quote, the outcasts then instituted a simple but brutal system Anyone can stay in Kadara port as long as their protection fees are paid. Infractions and crimes against the peace will be dealt with severely and often in creative ways like heads on spikes around landing pads to serve as a warning. Uh, Sounds like a great way to make some uh, some friends. Yeah. Violent. But when given in a British accent, sounds more polite. Of course, everything does. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. and so, yeah, that, that does a pretty good job of, of, of illustrating to people why, why the outcasts aren't uh, unilaterally popular. Yeah. All right. Well, what are we going to talk about when we get back from the mid-break? We're going to talk about the rival group that forms and starts working behind the scenes to get rid of the outcasts because you're not going to make you know friends the way that uh the outcasts have been behaving so we can talk about uh about that rival group a bit more after the break the collective because they just don't like those fat beats all right we'll be right back all right so everybody knows how vpn services and express vpn can protect your privacy and security online right but did you know that there are some secret hidden benefits to using express vpn like unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries So if you're like me, you probably enjoy watching shows on Netflix, for example. Well, with ExpressVPN, you can unlock the UK version of The Office or Parasite from South Korean Netflix. Over a hundred different countries. All you have to do is change your location and refresh Netflix or whatever 
Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. In fact, when I set it up for myself, I was surprised at how easy it was. It just installs and then loads up and works. And it works on more than just PCs, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and so much more. So if you want to access hundreds of new shows, use my link right now, expressvpn.com slash Mass Effect, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash Mass Effect, expressvpn.com slash Mass Effect to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Message coming in. Patching it through. I am sovereign, and this station is mine. I like the sound of that. All right, so this is the second episode this week, which means we would normally read a new review, but we don't have any. So if you want to help us out, then drop a review on Apple Podcasts for us. Five stars and a bunch of words, and we'll read it out on a future episode of the show. Also, you can rate us on Patreon, if you're not on Patreon, you can rate us on Patreon. You can leave a comment on the post on Patreon on Spotify. You can rate us on Spotify. Uh, and if you are interested in supporting the show, you can do that on Patreon at patreon.com slash Mass Effect Lorecast. Uh, but being as this is the second episode this week, we've got a very special planet card. What? Sam, we do. We do indeed. Planet cards are back. Uh, again, and uh, we are going to talk about Kadara because you know we've been talking about it all episode anyway, right? And so we should probably read some of Kadara's uh entry from the codex. And mm-hmm. we got to reference the codex mm-hmm. here because planet cards in Andromeda worked a little bit differently. So I wanted to read this part about Kadara from the Codex because it does a good job of laying the foundation for people to understand the setting in which this power struggle between the outcasts and the collective is happening. And so I'm just going to read from the Codex now. Kadara was of great interest to the Andromeda Initiative after it appeared on long-range surveys. Seemingly abundant liquid water and an oxygen mix atmosphere made it a strong candidate for settlement, earning it the designation Habitat 4. Closer-range surveys now reveal that Kadara's water sources are tainted and not potable. Of greater concern is the large settlement known as Kadara Port. Reportedly once a trade port for the Angara, it has been adopted by exiles, pirates, and mercenaries who use it as a staging ground. Kadara Port is considered a rogue state by the Nexus, given its strong ties to the exiles, and initiative personnel are advised to keep their distance. Apex reports that Kadara Port is currently contested by two factions, the pirate outcasts, led by former Nexus security official Sloane Kelly, and a more mysterious group of spies and smugglers, broadly known as the collective. So there's the uh, entry of the codex uh, of Kadara. So nice. Well, cool. I'm glad uh, planet cards are back. And yeah, these are a little bit different. So um, this is also the part of the middle of the show where I remind you guys to check out the robots radio discord. 
and chime in with uh, some of your thoughts on any of these episodes. We'd love to chat with you guys about Mass Effect and any of your any of your theories on any of these things or, or little bits of things that you want to chime in about that we may have skipped over or even some thoughts that we might have missed. Feel free to chime in about that. Let's get on with the rest of the show. Spit it out. Or are you trying to build suspense? You're so dense, sir. Obviously, I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought. Okay, so we know now who the outcasts and Sloane Kelly are, but what about the collective? They're they're rivals, right? Like, and they're just as bad, if not worse. They've got to be worse, right? They're worse. Well, it's uh, it's kind of we don't we don't I don't think it's that obvious um, because the outcasts are the ones in power. Uh, so they're the ones who are able to do a lot of this stuff. I will say one thing that the, the, the collective knows how to win a PR game. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. But if the outcasts are the blue suns, just for anyone that's unfamiliar with Andromeda, uh, for anyone that's unfamiliar with Andromeda, but familiar with the original trilogy, if the outcasts are the blue suns, then the collective is Eclipse. Mm-hmm. The comparison mm-hmm. could work on multiple levels. You know, their behavior, their structure, what they're specialized in, the way they act, and even the color schemes. Um, so I, I kind of wonder at some point, you know, how much of uh, this dynamic was already written. Um, but while the outcasts are more in your face, steal your shit, kind of shoot you in the head if you disagree. <laughs> the, the collective is the sneaky, seedy, smuggling and intelligence op looking to get the upper hand on everyone. That's that's the dynamic. Ah, OK. So the collective rise as a challenger to the outcasts rule on Kodara Port. And like we've said, they're exiles from the initiative, too. They're all comprised of exiles from the initiative. Um, each one of those groups has their own ties to the local Angara, of course, but they are primarily contri- uh, comprised of exiles from the initiative. And the collective, like I said about the PR, the collective know how to make a PR campaign successful. And I say that because they, the collective are well known to make these community outreach programs, helping the poor, helping the downtrodden and the forgotten in Kadara port. So they're, they're basically starting this grassroots campaign of, of resistance to the outcasts, which is genius. Um, and it's, and it's easy, I think for the collective to take, take advantage of this PR game when the current occupying gang is strangling the local economy you know, both financially and sometimes physically. Yeah, they're not doing themselves any favors, so it's really easy to point that out. Use that yeah, exactly. Them. Right. Yeah. So they they deal in intrigue. They they smuggle. They uh, deal secrets, and they work behind the shadows to undermine the outcasts, and specifically Sloane Kelly's authority. And then tensions between the two groups, you know, they they do seem to get to a lively uh, ending. We see in the game. Um, I will get into that in a little bit. So if you don't want to know how the, the, the arc between the outcasts and collective ends, uh, you might want to just skip ahead, uh, or just, you know, place your palms over your ears, scream, la, 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 la. Earmuffs. But if you, if you have ear pods and I, I don't know if that's going to work, but mm. we'll see, <laughs> we'll see. Um, <laughs> 
the collective is is led by this mysterious figure that we already mentioned named the charlatan in this big dramatic reveal we eventually find out that the charlatan is actually the lovable smuggler reyes vidal who stole more than just our hearts (gasps) (laughs) be still my beating heart reyes vidal uh I'm, of course, being facetious here uh, because I feel like Reyes is written to be that suave smuggler who the player character falls in love with. Um, So about Reyes, we kind of went into a little detail about about Sloan, but about Reyes, uh, he doesn't actually participate in the uprising on the Nexus. But he still decided to leave. He just decided to leave on his own because, you know. (laughs) Fuck the man. <laughs> that's cool. that's cool. the general uh, gist I get from it. Uh, no, Reyes is uncomfortable, unhappy with living on the Nexus, thinks that Reyes can do better. So he leaves. I, th- I, I and- feel like he talks in third person now. <laughs> <laughs> Reyes is uncomfortable. Reyes can do better. Reyes must leave. <laughs> I feel like Reyes is a Khajiit now. <laughs> right. This one, this one is uncomfortable. This one is Reyes. Reyes must leave. (laughs) Reyes has wares, wares for coin and skooma. (laughs) (laughs) I would not doubt that Reyes was dealing in skooma. I really wouldn't doubt that. Um, But, you know, we, we, uh, we gave sloan kelly the red carpet treatment when it came to um unlikely comparisons so we got to do the same thing with reyes vidal reyes is the stereotypical space pilot rogue smuggler archetype that has become so like so trite in sci-fi you know Mm -hmm. um it's Mm -hmm. like someone mixed han solo with poe dameron yeah the swashbuckling fly by the seat of his pants charming yes yeah Yes, exactly. And then sprinkled a little bit of Oberyn from Game of Thrones in there. Another Game of Thrones reference. Yeah, yeah. Um, And, you know, one of the main goods, though, that he seems to smuggle is information. It seems like Reyes smuggles more information than he smuggles anything else. Very little is actually known about Reyes because it turns out that his personnel records were mysteriously destroyed during the mutiny on the nexus along with a lot of other exiles who may or may not be working in the collective so it sounds like intelligence experts and smugglers teamed up when they left the nexus and were like this outcast shit is is dumb like you know (laughs) we can take care of this this like boneheaded oaf sloan kelly <laughs> and we can do it from behind the scenes that's just what i'm i'm speculating here the private conversations that were held mm-hmm. uh and you know they're highly special so this is an interesting conundrum with reyes he's highly spe- he's highly skilled in spying operations yet he's somehow also a kind of reliable yet possibly alcoholic grifter who cannot pay a bar tab to save his life and speaking of save his life, he's pretty good at that when he runs from fights. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I feel like this is one of those things that shows up in stories and games and then is later justified with, oh, it was an act the whole time because this whatever, you know, like. Yeah. 
Yeah, like he was actually in on it and it was an act and they have some sort of justification why he is not as incompetent as he looks. But <laughs> this was my plan all along. <laughs> right. Or like, <laughs> yeah, I know, you know, like, yeah, it looked like he was not able to pay his tab because he had to play the part of the person who was actually but he's actually very wealthy or, you know, like he looks like he had to run from a fight. But it, in actuality, he was friends with the guy, so he, he couldn't shoot back or he would have given away the fact that he was a double agent, you know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Weird combo. I know. Weird combo for a smuggler intelligence uh, kingpin. And yet uh, at the end of the day, he's respected as someone who always gets the job done. So maybe you're onto something there with, you know, it was a, it was my plan all along. It was just deep cover. Um, and maybe part of this contributes to how uh, how affectionate some of the Mass Effect fandom is about Reyes Vidal. Uh, we would be remiss without rom- uh, without mentioning that he, you can romance him uh, either as male or female writer. And I will refer people who want to hear more about that romance and whatnot to uh, this one podcast <laughs> that is on the it's a robots uh, rocket club podcast. Yeah. Two girls, one ship. Yep. And they're all about the video game romances all. However, they have told me that they won't be getting to Andromeda romances for a while. But sometime in the future. Sometime in the future. This one Perhaps. is into everyone. Everyone is welcome in this one's bed. (laughs) 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 I don't care who you are, where you're from, what you did. As long as you love me. This one. As long as you love this one. (laughs) (laughs) That's the canon voice of Reyes now. (laughs) Quoting the Backstreet Boys. All right. We're, we're, We're pulling all these old 90s, early 2000s groups in on this episode um so you mentioned there is a dramatic reveal where we find out the charlatan is raised so what happens in that yeah so there's this big you know dramatic reveal dun 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 um basically sloan has been getting pestered by the collective and sloan leaves and leaves her second in command in charge and then finds out that a few of her outcasts turned coat and beat up the second in command and then said, oh yeah, well maybe you should have a meeting with the charlatan. So then they stage a meeting and Ryder's there. And then when you show up, Ryder shows up with Sloan and then Reyes is like looking for someone. So it's very, you know, it's, it's, it's very, um, stereotypical, I think, you know, Uh that it's very trite. Um, and little does Sloan know that there is a sniper set up behind, uh, behind the curtain, so to speak, and out of sight while they're talking. So the whole thing was a ruse to, to assassinate Sloan and Ryder, uh, can choose whether or not to reveal this and save Sloane's life. So it's completely up to Ryder, but you know, if Ryder chooses to reveal the sniper, then it's not going to succeed and you save Sloane's life. Or if you don't, as Ryder, if you don't choose to reveal that sniper, then then Sloane gets taken out by the sniper and Reyes wins. So Reyes either wins by having her taken out by the hidden gun or or if you choose to save Sloan, there's this interrupt basically where Ryder can choose to shoot 
uh, Reyes, but it doesn't kill him. It just maims him. And then he gets away anyway. Regardless, he gets away and then he's like smiling, you know, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Twisting <laughs> the mustache. Yes, yeah, yes. <laughs> and then he flies away on a hot air balloon um, <laughs> with a propeller. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. This isn't the last you've seen of me. Uh, <laughs> Foiled again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so it's 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 just this whole whole you know uh, dynamic where. I was like all about the collective. I remember my first playthrough, I was all about the collective because the outcasts seemed like real assholes. And then you get to that meeting and you find out that this smuggler who you met way before is actually the charlatan. Oh my God, big gasp dot gif. Um, <laughs> and, and, but, and then like there's that. And then like maybe you expect Reyes to like act as honorably as you have known Reyes to that point but that's not what happens and you notice a secret sniper set up and you're like man this is kind of fucked up <laughs> so, <laughs> so then you're like in terms of morality right like even if it's not even if sloan kelly really is detestable this is messed up so you're you're forced to pick a side um and it's not easy i think it turns it on its head at least a little bit for me if i'm playing a paragon i almost said paragon ship paragon rider if i'm trying to play a paragon rider uh -huh. then i'm i'm gonna let it happen but in my head cannon i'm gonna bitch out reyes later <laughs> and then like <laughs> right. never work with him again right right because because the the thing is that if you let reyes live then like the outcasts stay in power uh but other than that other than that entire dynamic with the outcasts and the collective, other than that and the specific missions that you are sent on in game, which I try not to cover too much in depth. I try not to talk about them. You know, if you want to walk through, there's other podcasts like that, but you know, there's a lot, there's not a lot that's known about the collective. There's not a lot that's known about the outcasts. My guess is these types of backstories, they could have been more fleshed out there, you know, they could have been more similar to some Milky Way factions had Andromeda had multiple games to do that. Yeah, that's the feeling I get from this episode in the last episode is that this this whole thing the, is setting a foundation with these factions, with the Krogan breaking off and having their own, you know, being kind of ostracized. You fast forward another, I mean, human generation from the events of what's going on in Andromeda here. And all of a sudden you have like, and who's to say there aren't more people showing up from the Milky Way and you have reinforces reinforcements and you have, you know, another million people showing up reinforcing the Krogan population and, you know, the outcast population and all of these other groups. And now they've settled on their own systems and planets and places. And, now you have a foundation of groups and peoples and ideologies that looks a lot more like the kind of political landscape that we came from in the Milky Way. And now you have a much more dynamic system that you can start writing stories around that feels a lot more familiar than what we started yeah. with in Andromeda. Yep. Same stuff, different galaxy. Right. Uh, right. And I think I think that creates a format where you can write new stories, but you have a foundation that is something that is more along the lines of what 
fans of the original trilogy are probably looking for. Yeah, yeah, probably so. Um, and part of the reason that we love the original trilogy so much are those narrative callbacks. You know, yeah. by the time you get to Mass Effect 2, Mass Effect 3, you bring in one of the characters that seemed minor in Mass Effect 1, but now you're like, oh, I remember that guy, or I remember that alien, you know? It, right. So you, we didn't get to do that with Andromeda. Yeah. Or this this race has this agenda. This race has this agenda. They're having a hard time cooperating. Oh, but now this race steps in and they're actually working with this race this time and they didn't do that in the past. Like those kinds of things having uh, distinct um, effects on the way the story plays out rather than kind of lumping everybody together and just like, oh, and here's two new races from the new galaxy we're in, <laughs> you know, like creating more complexity in this with the races that we already have. And then maybe even introducing new races from the new stuff and, and adding to that complexity. Right. Let's not forget that the Jardon may not be gone. Like all that we know is that they're gone from the Helios cluster. They could very well still be somewhere around Andromeda. So, yeah. So I, I feel like there's there's a lot more there, but I don't know that they're going to be revisiting that anytime soon. Um, I think, you know, Mass Effect 4 is probably going to be more Milky Way stuff. But anyway, where are we going from here? You know, there's a reason we spent most of this episode talking about more you know more details about individual characters we are wrapping up the factions and starting our second year soon of the mass effect lore cast and part of that means that we're, we're going to be focusing on episodes of the major and supporting characters of the series including squad mates i've been teasing this for quite a while um you know, a lot of people have been saying, oh, my God, when are you going to cover Garrus? When are you going to talk about Liara? When are you going to talk about Anderson or Hackett or yada, yada, yada? Mm -hmm. Insert favorite mm -hmm. character here. Yeah. Danny DeVos. Uh, now, you know, the answer is is briefly that now we're going to start talking about these major and minor characters in uh, in the second year of the Mass Effect lore cast. And I thought that this episode was probably a good bridge, you know, between the factions and individual characters. And and now that we have this new episode structure of two episodes per week, two smaller ones, it's going to allow us to alternate the minor character episodes with some scientific ones or ones on smaller lore pieces throughout the series, like the corporations of Mass Effect or this little known side plot that you didn't even know about that kind of thing mm -hmm. um other, and we, and, other and bands the, in the galaxy how outcast still impacts music and cores din right that uh, kind danny devolis's favorite dishes why danny devolis makes an excellent impromptu bowling ball um <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> the answer is because he's round, but then we'll get into the details of exactly how round. You think that's a very short episode, but it's actually pretty long. How round is Danny DeVolis? Tune in at 11. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. The, so I think that it will be good to break up the character episodes, the individual character episodes with the shorter topical episodes, because just doing there's so many different major and minor characters like for example the squad mates alone the squad mates alone among all three are like 20 plus right there's yeah. i think there's around 20 squad mates right if we did just an episode on the like one episode per week on the squad mates 
Yeah. Then that would be like damn near half a year. Almost so half a year of episodes. In, right. Yeah. So then you bring in the minor and supporting characters and then you're like almost at like two thirds of a year. Maybe. Yeah. 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 And so Danny DeVolis could be like an entire month of episodes all by himself. Honestly, I'd prefer it. Um, <laughs> no, I don't. I'm kidding. Please don't make me do that. Um, so, if, yeah, if we're, if we're what in if, our sparse... What if we did, what if we did patron-only Danny DeVolis episodes? Bonus episodes for patrons. We, we, uh... When we just make yeah. up lore about Danny DeVolis, patron bonus episodes fashioning head cannons about Danny DeVolis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll just do like like I don't know, 5 you, minute shorts. Well, if you're tier 3, you get like a once a month Danny DeVolis patron bonus episode. Yeah, where we just make up <laughs> Danny DeVolis head cannon. It'll just be improv too. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like that idea. Uh, <laughs> we'll play with it. Been, if, we'll play with it. Maybe maybe we'll get more people to sign up on the Patreon for our Danny DeVolis patron-only episodes. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and the other thing I wanted to say is that, you know, having those scientific episodes in there mm-hmm. or the corporations, the topical ones, it's going to it's going to make this show a lot more palatable week by week. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think it'll be awesome. Also, uh, Dave Aylid, Dave Aylid. I don't know if I said your name right. Says uh, Danny Devolis romance when by where? Thing about Danny <laughs> Devolis is he's romanceable by every character in the series. Yeah, every yep, like every main character, every kind of shepherd, every kind of um, lead character, every kind of uh, other alternate character. Like you could happen to like stumble into any of the other characters uh rooms on your ship and danny devolves might just be there like quickly putting his pants back on being like oh sorry sorry and then like you know a lot of a lot of people don't know this yeah. but uh danny devolves is actually blasto's concubine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yep yep it's a little disgusting when you think about it yeah but. it's a little it's a little weird but you know it's i who's gonna judge <laughs> not me <laughs> Anyway, point is, people can expect from here on out, they can expect profile feature episodes alternating with topical ones. Uh, and I'm excited to dive into those. It's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. So, yes, I hope you guys are, too. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this episode, the double episodes each week, uh, other than the patron week. And uh, thanks for being here, everybody. You got anything else going on you want to share before we head out, Sam? Uh, yeah, yeah. I am streaming every Saturday, Monday, and Thursday. Sassy Ship Saturdays, doing my uh, first Fimship playthrough. I'm almost completed with Mass Effect 1. Uh, so if you want to see me do Ilos and the final mission with Saren, and I am being renegade, by the way, trying to be as renegade as possible for the first playthrough ever, too. So completely different choices are inbound for me. Um, I've already done a few that made me cringe just because I hate doing them. Yeah. Um, But if you're interested in that, you know, I'm streaming that every Saturday, sometimes doing an impromptu extra bonus little Mass Effect stream. Um, And, you know, if you're interested in catching the other games that I'm streaming, go ahead and follow me on uh, Twitch at In7TheLegend and uh, Twitter, same handle. Awesome. 
And uh, I've got my shows over at robotsradio.net, but also all the other shows on the Robots Radio Network, including all the main shows, all the Robots Radio Rocket Club shows, everybody who's on the network. You can find all of their shows listed over there and check everything out. There's lots of great creators and lots of great content. Also, I launched earlier this week the uh, Lord of the Rings Lorecast, which I've been having a blast putting together. So go check that out if you're a fan of the Lord of the Rings and you want to dig into the lore of Tolkien's amazing world that has inspired so many, so many writers, so many creators, and so many video games and so much else. Um, and then also, I'm still raising money for helping out people in need over in Ukraine for uh, medical supplies and all sorts of stuff. And uh, we are up as of the recording right now, thanks to two other people who donated during the recording of this episode. Thanks to Jaxus and uh, Larry L for donating. We're up to $824. And that's amazing. We just blew past the $800 goal, which started tonight. And um, thank you to everybody for donating. There's a link in the show notes. There's also a link on the Robots Radio Discord in the announcement section. You can get to those uh, on there and also you can check out the little uh the qr code on the uh, video so if you check out the mass effect lorecast youtube channel and find this episode on there so that's what we got going on we'll be back next week with two new episodes thank you for tuning in and until next time make sure that you uh are legitimately good for your job and not just somebody who's gonna punch your commanding officer and get kicked out of the military and then get into a position that you don't belong in and then turn into a rebellious force that becomes a space pirate because that's not good for anybody unless you're dropping some fat beats because you're Andre 3000. See you guys next week. Bye everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to hear your opinion and thoughts on the lore of Mass Effect. Reach out to us on Twitter at Mass Effect Cast or check out the Robots Radio Discord. Also, you can send us an email at MassEffectLorecast at gmail.com.